Packers one-on-one exclusive interview with Jaron Carez Elliott. <laughs> hey, how y'all doing today? <laughs> Where does Carez come from? Um, I have no idea. My mom, my mom gave it to me. Um, I absolutely hate it. <laughs> you hate your middle name? <laughs> yeah, I hate it. Um, my mom's first name is Carla. So I kind of told people to call me Carlos growing up. <laughs> try to trigger her name a little bit. <laughs> well, cool. We'll get to family life in a minute. But I do want to talk about the game you guys played uh, against uh, Philadelphia. Monday Night Football. You guys get back very late. Uh, but you had a big play in that game, Jay Rohn. And, and it looked like you might have been a little nervous about the result of that play. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't think I was close. Um, but they went to, under the booth to challenge it. And I was, I mean, I was hoping I didn't touch it. But I, I didn't. I didn't th- uh, think I touched the ball while I was in the zone. So uh, to recap the play, it's uh, we're getting toward the end of the first half. Jacob punt hits a brilliant. Uh, Jacob Shum hits a brilliant punt, lands at the one. The ball's just sitting there, right? It's just golden. No one's near it. And here comes Jaron ready to down the ball. But then your foot hits the goal line, and then but, but you somehow don't touch the ball while your foot. Did you know that your foot hit the goal line? Yeah, because once I got down there, um, you know I got bad ankles, so I I didn't want to touch the ball and trip, so I slid. <laughs> And uh, I felt myself, my momentum carried me to the end zone, so I took my hand off the ball, and I was like, I tried to reestablish myself and then touch the ball again. Now, you sent a tweet out after the game that it, had that been a touchback, <laughs> you, you showed a picture of, uh, I don't know where you got it from, but it was somebody with their face staring down the mouth of a cannon. Yeah. And so that, that would have been, uh, that would have shown up in the special teams meeting, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was definitely. Uh, it might have showed up in a team meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess very important for you guys to get a win, but uh, talk about this week now. Uh, you know, Wednesday is typically a, a practice day for you guys, but not really this week. Is that just the product of being late in the season? Some guys are banged up, and it, it's really more about preserving your body for a stretch run here? Oh, yeah, definitely. Since I've been here, Coach McCarthy has done a great job and take care of his players. And uh, we're, we're late into the season, so we already have the fundamentals down to practice. So we're just going to have a, a big mental day, um, get a lot of walk-through reps in the creek, and um, a lot of mean time this week. So we'll look ahead to the uh, Houston Texans coming up a little bit later, but I want to talk about your, your run to the Packers here, Jerome, because, you know, 2014, you're undrafted. You kind of burst on the scene. You had an incredible preseason. You led the NFL in sacks. But was there a time that you you didn't know if your football career would extend beyond college? Yeah. Um, the day, uh, the third day of the draft, um, I didn't get a, hear my name call. And, um, you know, I had teams calling me for undrafted, but it, that was not for sure. You know, maybe it was just a workout. I didn't know. If I was going to make a team or not, so um, you know, after the draft ended, um, I talked to my family. We felt like Green Bay was the best place to come, and then I tried to. I didn't want to have that feeling again of being let down and, and um, disappointed. So you know, I, I did everything I could to try to come here and make, make the squad and you know do what I can to help my teammates. So why was Green Bay the best place for you to come? Because you, you go undrafted. Uh, obviously, they play a three-four defense, and that, and that suits your abilities just fine. But they're also a very good team, right? So uh, making a team that, you know, was knocking on the door of being in the Super Bowl just uh, a year prior, that had to be a daunting challenge. So why was Green Bay the best spot for you? Um, Ted Thompson and um, Mark Murphy had a, a history of keep, keeping undrafted players. And uh, I knew coming in they had um, Mike Neal, Andy Malumba. Um, they had just drafted Nate Palmer the previous year. And Clay was coming off a couple injuries the year before. So, um you know, I felt like it would be a great opportunity to come here and learn from Peppers and Clay Matthews and, you know, try to compete for a spot. And you've earned the right to, to be on this team. There's no question about that. What are cut-down days like, though, for you? I, and the reality is, as an undrafted free agent, there are fewer guarantees than if you're a, a, a top <laughs> draft pick, right? I mean, it's oh, just yeah. the reality of the situation. Yeah. So it, what were cut-down days like for you the last couple of years? 
Um, the first year, um, I, I knew I had left it all out there, and um, whatever happened happened. I was just happy to be here for, for the opportunity, and um, I, I met a lot of great friends. So I was, um, you know, I was kind of relaxed that day. Um, it was kind of sad to see some of my friends leave the hotel that day, um, not knowing if I see them again. But these last two years, um, last year I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and I had a, I had a solid preseason, but the previous year I had five sacks, and last year I had one and a half. So I was a little bit nervous, and then this year. Probably the most frustrating year because I, I got injured uh, in the San Francisco game, so I didn't, I wasn't able to play the last two games. And you know, you 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 can't make the team if you're not playing. So um, I was kind of nervous, but at the end of the day, I left it all in God's hand, and you know, I was able to make the team again. Going back to uh, growing up in Cleveland, what was the Elliott household like when you were growing up? When you're a little Jaron Perez <laughs> Elliott running around Cleveland. What was the family life like? Uh, it was me, my mom, um, my two other older brothers, and my younger sister. Um, my oldest brother, Andre Elliott, he played football um, in high school, and he went on to play football at, um, at Youngstown State. So he was kind of my role model growing up. Um, I wanted to be just like him, follow his path. I believe he was the first one in my family to go to college. So, uh, you know, that was my motivation right there. And you know, we no matter what happened, whatever, whatever situation we went through in life, we always had each other, um, that, us five in that house. And um, we moved a lot growing up. So at the end of the day, uh, we, we always preach family and um, and brotherhood. And, you know, we, we, we us three brothers took care of my younger sisters no matter what happened. So, um, you know, we was a very tight family. Was it a, a dangerous neighborhood you grew up in? Was there a lot of opportunity to, to get into trouble and, and maybe not turn out to be the man you are today? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like a lot of uh, us athletes go, th- go through that, um, being in rough situations. But sports are usually our, our, our outlet um, to get away from it. But, um, you know, we moved a lot. Uh, we I, I never knew why we moved so much. But, um, you know, I, I focus in, in playing ball. And, you know, um, I, I feel like that was going to be my ticket out of, out of the hood, out of the neighborhood. So um, I did everything I could to do. I, I, I tried to hang around positive people just so I can, you know, stay on the right track and, you know, be successful. So at some point, though, at some point you realize that, right? So football could be a, a way out for you. But before that, before you knew that, that that was an opportunity, what, what, what was it like? You know, it, it, before you discovered football, was it someone who brought you into it, right? Yeah, I mean, my older brother, he was playing um, Pop Warner football, and I was at home playing video games every day. And I remember my mom came in the house, and she, she turned my game off, snatched it out the wall, and told me, you got to get out and go do something. You can't be sitting here playing a playing game all day. And at the time, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I was like, I'm going to go follow my brother. And um, I seen him scoring touchdowns. And they put me at um, they put me at running back, and I was out there running, scoring touchdowns, <laughs> um, playing cornerback, you know. And I just fell in love with it, and uh, it kind of kept me busy. And then growing up, um, growing up, we had LeBron James, so I, I always watched basketball games. Always watched basketball games, so I started playing basketball. Then that's you know I'm a two star, two sport athlete. And then um, as I got older, um, my, my high school coach kind of tried to make me um, run track, and I hated running. <laughs> <laughs> so he um. He made me do the uh, the discus, and you know I, I I just tried to do whatever I could to stay stay out of the streets and you know stay away from the bad people and just try to do what I could to to be a positive impact on, on my community. Well, you're you're from a talent rich football area, no question about that. You've got a lot of friends in the league, including Ted Ginn. But did I read right that that Ted Ginn's father, Ted Ginn Senior, is is partially responsible for for mentoring you through those stages of your life? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's he's definitely. Um, He's one of the top four people in my life. Um, you know, he's like a father figure to me. Um, he he's all he always looked out for his his kids, no matter what his players, no matter what. He treated us all like we were all his kids, and you know, um, he stayed on us, made sure we were doing the right thing. 
um, making sure we're going to class, making sure we're going to practice. And I will never forget the one moment I tried to quit football to play basketball. And um, he came up to me like, he like, what are you doing? Who, who, why do you think you can make this this decision? And I was like, what do you mean? You're not my father. I can I can do whatever I want because my mom don't care. And he's like, you don't you don't you don't be able to make these decisions. I make these decisions for you. And from that day on, I I, I listened to him. I I treated him as as a father figure, and you know he always had had what was best for me in interest. So um, I, I'm forever thankful for that guy. How important. How important was that to have a father figure? When, when I asked you about your family life, you described your, your siblings, you described your mother. You didn't describe your father at all. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> you asked me from, about my household. Um, you know, I have a, a good relationship with my dad. Um, he, he, he has uh, a wife, um, kids uh, on, on the different side of the family, but, you know, that's still my father in that day. I, I love him to death. Um, but, you know, it was I live with my mom. You know, we grew up, and my brother was the man in the house. Um, so... I kind of looked up and I, I, I asked him how to do manly things or whatnot. But my dad is my dad. I, I love him. But um, I was always so tied up into sports. So I also had coaches that was like father figures to me. Um, I was with them more than I was with my mom. So I, I look up to those guys tremendously. Um, so I don't want nobody to get misconstrued about my, my dad. My dad is my dad. He's in my life. Um, but I, I had some great coaches as well. Well, good. I, and you need that, right? Yeah. Uh, you need positive influences uh, all over the place in your life. And now, I, I suppose, too, when you get out of high school and, and you're, you want to continue on playing football, uh, were you actively recruited by colleges? I mean, you grew up, uh, you're in Buckeye country, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> I don't know if that was your team growing oh, up. Man, but uh, I was, I was, we had Ted Ginn Jr. and Troy Smith. I was Ohio State everything. And yeah. then, um, you know, I, we, we, I took a visit to Ohio State um, unofficial, and, and I met Jim Tressel, and he told me uh, <laughs> I was too small. He told me I needed to get in the weight room and get my grades up. And, you know, some kids would take it as disrespect. I took it as a challenge, um, you know, because he wanted to offer me, but at the same time I knew I had certain criteria to meet. So um, um, I, I made knucklehead decisions back in the day. I'm not going to class. I'm trying to be the cool guy. I think the football would take me wherever I needed to go. So um, it, it kind of kind of bit me later down the road. But if I'd have took care of my my, my grades, I, I feel like I could have went anywhere. Um, I had a bunch of Division One offers, um, mainly a lot of Big Ten schools, uh, ACC, SEC. So um, I was I was highly recruited. But at the end of the day, Toledo was my first um, offer. So you know I kind of stuck with them throughout the whole process. And once I wasn't able to get into some of the bigger schools, Toledo was still there. So I made sure I. I was loyal and stayed true to, to those coaches. Did you ever think about transferring, or, or was that that was the spot? You wanted to, to pay back the school that gave you an opportunity. Oh, no. Um, my, my first two years at Toledo, um, it didn't go the way I thought it would go. Um, I was highly recruited, um, big time coming to high school in my eyes. And I got to Toledo, and I wasn't playing, and and um, it kind of humbled me. So I was I was thinking, like, man, I'm, I'm too good for this. Maybe, maybe I can go somewhere else and play. And um, once I couldn't get to Ohio State, Michigan State became my favorite. And Coach D'Antoni, um, Pat Narduzzi, they was, they, those two were great guys. Um, you know, I, I, I fell in love with those guys just from going on visits and, you know, daily communication with those guys. And Tim Beckman had accepted a job from Toledo to go to Illinois. And it, I felt like they were bring a whole new coach staff in. I was like, man, I'm going to go somewhere where I'm comfortable. And then um, Matt Campbell got promoted from offense coordinator to head coach at Toledo. And he uh, told me, he like, just trust me. He's like, just trust me. Because he was the one that recruited me to Toledo. He was like, just trust me. Um, you're one of my guys. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure you're going you're gonna to do the right thing. And we're going we're gonna to lay a plan out. And we, we're going to make you and help you be successful. And at the time, um, it was hard for me to believe because, you know, I wasn't playing. I'm going to my junior year. And I wanted to go to the NFL so bad. And and I was just thinking, I'm like, man, I wouldn't be in Toledo without this guy. So I, I, I trusted him. Um, I followed his plan.
you know, going to school, going to class early, um, 15 minutes early, 10 minutes early, sitting in the fir first two rows, and being a leader. Um, he challenged me in, in ways I've never been challenged before, and um, it's just a product of my environment because something I had to do in high school, being around Ted again, then I got, I was able to, to go to another guy and Matt Campbell. So um, I've been fortunately blessed. So when when you weren't playing your first two years after being, you know, highly recruited, they're not going to bring you in unless they have an idea for your path. Was that because you were making decisions you shouldn't have made off the off the field, or was that a product of maybe the defensive system didn't fit you the best? As far as coming out of high school? Yeah, so you get to college. You said you don't play too much yeah. in your first couple of years. So uh -huh. why, why was that the case? What do you think? Because, <laughs> honestly, I was 210 pounds trying to play defensive end at the college level. Okay, so it was a scheme kind of thing, yeah, right, and, the and, system. And I didn't take 210? The, I, I didn't take the weight room serious at all. Um, I used to get there. I just struggle. Um <laughs> I kind of thought I was like kind of like booby miles. All I had to do was show up, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I, 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 like I said, my first my first workout, I got humbled. Um, we had to run one tens, and I, I was throwing up. You know, one of the top recruits in our class throwing up in front of guys, in front of walk-ons, and everything. So um, I was kind of embarrassed, and you know, it took me a while to grow up. I was trying to, I had to find some balance in my life. I was trying to live the college life, um, still play football, and, and still have a social life, and you you can't do that being a college athlete so um it took me time to adjust to that and and i thank my my brothers that my dorm room they they helped me grow up because they was they were out there you know freshmen making all freshmen and stuff like that so i wanted to be just like those guys there was uh, i think it was a couple of years ago uh i was in the locker room i was walking around and i was asking people what they do on a plane right so when, when you're traveling out to wherever san francisco seattle you got a lot of hours to kill do you watch movies and what do you do and you told me once that you had to study yeah, <laughs> that that you had. I think you were going to play a playoff football game, we, we were, and you had to cram for a test because you were getting your degree at Toledo. Yeah, we were um, headed to Seattle, biggest game of my life, NFC right. championship. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I, I made a vow to Coach Campbell, Coach Gear, and my mom, like I was going to get my college degree. So um, I felt like if I wouldn't get my if I wouldn't got my degree, they'd, they'd take football away from me, even at <laughs> 22 years old. So <laughs> um, you know, I try to go out there and, and be a positive role model. So um, you know. It was hard, but at the same time, it was fun. Um, you know, as a rookie, we're going to the NFC Championship. My head all over the place. I'm like, man, I got to finish the schoolwork. I got to get my playbook. And, you know, um, I had to, once again, I had to make time management. I had to do what I had to do. What was the class? What were you studying for on the plane? Um, what class was that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember. I was, I was actually taking five courses, but I had finished three early. It was like an um, eight-week class, but um, I had two classes left. Um, there was some type of English seminar. So what does that mean to you? What does your degree mean to you from Toledo? Um, I have a general studies degree, but I started off with education. I mean, as an education major, and then some of the education courses was during football practice, so I had to change my majors to be able to um, play football still. So, but I, I wanted to be a teacher growing up. Um, you know, I wanted to have an impact on kids' lives, and you know, <laughs> and once I had kids myself, um, that kind of changed my whole theory of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know you don't have to teach two-year-olds, right? Yeah, I, I don't have the patience like I thought I had. Um, but, um, you know, that kind of changed my, my theory. Um, so I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I wanted to do communication and criminal justice. So that gave me an opportunity to take multiple courses. And now I have the opportunity to go to grad school for three semesters and, and get a, um, a master's in one of those sections. Well, that's very cool. So, I mean, is that something that you would not have anticipated you doing when when you were growing up you get a degree master's courses all that kind of stuff not at all i didn't have no plans like i had no goals but just
playing in the NFL. <laughs> and then once I got to the NFL, I was like, what? what's next? Like, you know, um, I'm, I'm enjoying the moment, but at the same time, you have to prepare for your future, especially with um, having kids. So what would what would J. Ron Elliott be doing if, if football were taken away for some reason tomorrow? Um, you know, once again, um, I'm heavy contact with, with Matt Campbell. Um, I've tried to go get on his staff somewhere. He's at Iowa State now, um, you know, first year there, so... Whatever that guy's doing, I'm going to follow his follow his path through life. Um, you know, he's a great guy. Um, and also my best friend, Christian Smith, is on the coach staff as well. So, you know, I have family there as well. So those guys are great out there. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, that you have kids. We were talking a little before we started uh, rolling here. You've, you've, you talk about the, the children at home in the Elliott house. <laughs> yeah, those two little rugrats. Uh, I have so two one year, is two? Two-year-old Braylon, um, Braylon Elliott, and I have a two-month how do you say it? two month old? Two month old. <laughs> a two month old uh blue blue Elliot. So um, you know, those are my two little two little angels. Um those guys are crazy, you know. Even at two months he has a personality out of this world already. So um, I'm excited for the future to see what those guys see what the holds for those guys and this is Braylon's I think third Christmas, so maybe he'll understand the concept of Christmas and open the presents now. So do you find that you're more exhausted from a, a day here working out and doing all your football stuff and the mental grind or a day with the kids when it, maybe it's just you and the kids, right? And you got to hustle them around, get them dressed, do all that kind of stuff, and feed them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm more more tired from more tired from from doing that. You know, even football. Like football is kind of easy because compared to doing that now, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I, I can't even sleep at night no more. Like I'm, I'm up <laughs> thinking about random things and you know making sure those guys are all right and. You know, it's just a blessing to see those guys. Well, you know, I, and I'm in a similar situation as you. I've got a two-year-old and I've got a two-month-old at home. So we're kind of following the same path here. Uh, it, it's amazing to me how much more you think about every decision you make when you have kids, right? It, it like, <laughs> you've become a mature young man, right? And, and I, myself the same. But it's just different, man, when you got kids, com- right? It's com- just, completely different. Like, rookie year, I used to get up and, you know, go to the movies. Just You just go to the movies, go walk around the mall, just do random stuff. And now i got to... You know, load the car seat up or get the stroller out, and all this, all this nonsense. So I was like, you know, I'd rather just stay at home and watch TV and watch Bubble Guppies. <laughs> I do the same thing, man. I'm telling you. And it was like my kid's first word was bubbles, right? So, yeah. oh man, we gotta do this again. His first word, Braylon's first word was no. <laughs> but I, that that has that has obviously changed the family dynamic um, in an incredibly positive way. I have to imagine. Uh, but what's it, you know, it being a father, right? I mean, it, it's, you talk about having the fun and, and getting the car seat together, but, uh, it, it's one thing to be a father. It's another thing to be a dad, right? Mm-hmm. And you talked about some of the father figures in your life in the people who have helped shape your life. Now you've got that responsibility. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I try to, you know, I have, pl- I have many coaches in my life. Um, as far as my D-line coach at Toledo, coach Rasheed, um, head coach, coach Campbell, um, you know, I was kind of that, that 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 guy, that that kid that talked to every coach on the staff. So even the offense co- coordinators, I talked to those guys, and you know, I try to take every a trade from every one of those guys because we used to have family day at Toledo, and you see those guys bring their family there, their, their kids up there, and they were just having fun, like a whole other side of those guys, and and that was something I was like, man, I can't wait to have family day. I can't wait to be able to have a, a be a dad one day. So you know, I, I talked to those guys, and I'm still learning, you know. Um, it's, I gotta wake up at three o'clock in the morning to change diapers. You know, I, right? I'm used to sleeping through the night, <laughs> so I'm just, you know, I'm just learning. Um, you know, we just trying to, I'm trying to just be the best father I can be, and I have a lot of help. Yeah, I have a lot of help from my family, everyone. So, um, 
I'm I'm thankful for all those guys. Is it fun? You enjoying it? Yeah, I'm enjoying the process. It's 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 easier to enjoy it like in the off season when you're not as stressed playing ball. From a, a football standpoint, uh, you know, here you are, your third year in the league. What has been the high point for you so far in your football career? Hmm. Um, my high point is was probably playing the NFC Championship. You know, um, we, we was out there flying around, having fun. Um, we didn't have the result that we wanted, but it was so fun just being in the atmosphere, um, being with those group of guys on that day. Um, you know, special teams just flying around. And that was my, my, my calling back then, so it still is. But, like, we were just having so much fun at, at that time. That was a, a team prime for a Super Bowl. Yeah. It really was. So is it possible that the low point of your career – May also be kind of involved in the same game, or is there something else that stands out where? Well, the low point, like, well, far as football, um, probably getting hurt um, these last couple of years. Um, I got, I tore my quad last year against Oakland, and I was out four or five games down. I, I pulled my hamstring in, against San Francisco, so it's something about those West Coast trips is getting <laughs> <laughs> the air out there. Yeah, but after we lost to Seattle, you know, I was in the dump for like a week, and my mom was like get out and go do something this is because like this is my first time not having to do anything not you know no coach is telling me to go work out nothing so she's like you got to get up and do something you, you can't just sit around blah blah so you know i ended up going to vegas with my brothers and stuff that kind of helped me get out of slump a little bit but then you know once we're in vegas and then the super bowl comes on and everybody watching the super bowl and you know and i don't want to be that guy like i'm supposed to be there so like <laughs> couldn't, be, couldn't be that guy so it was just i didn't want to watch the super bowl uh i want to ask you a couple of your global questions about the nfl uh, your schedule this year has been a little bizarre, right? I mean, you got evening games, primetime games. Uh, your bye week was early. Your Thursday night game was early, all before the first half of the season. Uh, Monday night, so you get a short week here. I, I guess it's just life in the NFL, but I, do you feel beat up at, at this point of the season? And you never had a major injury. You talked about the quad and your hamstring. You never tore an ACL, nothing like that. So you've been pretty healthy throughout your career. But do you feel at this point of the season... You're beat up. Hold on, let's knock on some wood first about that. Was interesting. <laughs> right. You can hit me on the top of my head if you want. <laughs> but um, yeah, every everyone's beat up. You know, um, we we got um, lucky enough to get our Hall of Fame game canceled, so that was one less game. <laughs> that was a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, everyone's in the league beat up, so we're just trying to. We, we can't use that excuse anymore. So we just got to go out there and play, and um, just take advantage of the opportunities ahead of us. Well, I, I guess yeah, and I, I guess where I'm leading with this is. Your ratings in primetime football are, are down, specifically Thursday night. And I, every time I've talked to players in the locker room, it just they all say the right things, but it's like, yeah, well, we get it. We have to play on Thursdays. What is? Can you define what that really does to you when you've got to play a game on Sunday and play a game on Thursday? Can, for our listeners who don't play in the NFL, well, can you describe that? I know for me personally, um, it depends on the outcome of both of those games. Okay. Know? So you... If you lose a game on Sunday, um, you're you're anxious to get out there. So Thursday games are always good, so you can get right back out there and flush the last loss. And if you win the game on Thursday, then you have a three-day weekend feeling good after a victory. But if you lose that Thursday game, and then you got to sit there the whole weekend, three, four days, like, man, uh, we don't play again until Monday. We don't play again until next Sunday. So you got to sit there and dread that and, and deal with that pain. So um, it, it's rough, but at the same time, when you play on Thursday, you kind of have you kind of have – tend to have like one practice or a couple walkthroughs so it's kind of easier on your body but you, you got to do whatever you can to get that win mentally are you able to do the kind of game planning you would do in a typical week when you play a game on a thursday 
Um, not really, but for the most part, they're, they're always division games, and you always you're familiar with the opponent, and um, you know that's that's been the the theme for most of them. But this week they have like um Dallas and um Minnesota, so um it, I'm I'm sure they had a week off. I mean they both had a, a full week coming from Thanksgiving, so um they're it's like a regular week for those guys. But for the most part, it's division games. Uh. What are your thoughts on the commissioner of the NFL, the job, the responsibility, the connection he has with the athletes? Is um, there a division, or is that? do you think that that relationship is working? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I've never met Roger Goodell, um, never had the opportunity, never never really cared to meet him, honestly. Um, just I've been so focused on trying to help my teammates out and do whatever I can to help out in the community. So um, I'm, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm, I always see guys like throwing shade at them or, or backlashing them, but I, I don't really know what's, what's that about. So um, I don't really get caught up into it. Um, I know he has a job, and we have a job, and I try to handle mine. Well, I, and, and there's a lot of discussions, and this can go a thousand different ways, but it, the NFL is one of those sports where it, it seems like, boy, once you're in that fraternity and, and you're playing, you're part of something really great and really special, but, oh, boy, boy, when the career is done or, boy, if you get injured, it's, well, no more money and it's goodbye, <laughs> thanks. I hope you had fun. And, and you wonder what sort of care is on the other end. Is there any level of, of training or, or education? You're still a pretty young player, but, but coming into the league, I know there's a rookie symposium, but that's NFL-controlled. But I'm talking about in-locker-room mentors for you to help you out with finances, where to find a good suit, you know, how to how to take care of your body, how to make sure you've got... Uh, life set up for you after football. Who are those people for you, J-Ron? Um, we have Rob Davis, our player engagement guy. Um, I think he does a fantastic job um, getting us lined up for whatever we need um, as far as furniture, um, car deals, or suits. Um, whatever we need, we, we go to Rob Davis, and he branches off somewhere else if he doesn't have the connection. So, But, um, you know, I also have the liberty of talking to guys like Jordy Nelson um, about as far as, like, what the whole NFL PA breakdown or whatnot, and you know, you you just sit there and you branch off to guys that you're close with, like Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, because um, he he's he's a father too. So we we're both we talk about how to raise our kids or or certain different aspects of life. So um, you know, I just try to branch off to older guys. What's it meant having a guy like Julius? I mean, really, when your career started, when Julius came to the Packers, well, that's a legit Hall of Famer, and <laughs> he's a big man, right? And he's all business. So what's it meant to have a guy like that in the locker room for you? Um, the first year he didn't really talk to no one. So, um, you know, <laughs> as a rookie, I didn't say much. He didn't say much. So, we didn't have the best relationship. But as as time went on, you know, we're we're kind of, we're, we're getting a lot um, some tighter together. So, it's it's been tremendous as far as um knowing what to see out there on the, on the pass rush um pass rush side of things. And you know, he he dropped back in coverage. He has two picks already. He had two up on me already just being in <laughs> Green Bay. So, um, that that guy's is a great athlete, and you know, just someone um I look up to. Uh, you got a weekend game coming up against the Houston Texans, so back-to-back games here at home. Uh, December football, Lambeau Field, right? Those things go hand-in-hand. Hand. But the reality is you guys are in a tough situation right now. And it, it seems like if, if the Philadelphia game is any indication, that backs-against-the-wall mentality perhaps has galvanized the team. And, and that was evident uh, in the game against Philadelphia. But now you have to duplicate it, right? And now you have to make sure you don't get complacent because there really is no room to get complacent. So what are the meeting rooms like? What's the focus here? How does this team stay together through this next month or so? Um, you know, as as an athlete, um, you live for moments like this. Um, count it out, um, being an underdog. And, 
And I always talk to all the undrafted guys, like we are always underdog, no matter what. Every year, someone's going to get drafted ahead of you. So, um, you know, I'm used to we're we're kind of used to having this underdog role for some of the younger guys. But you know, we just try to go out there and compete. Um, you know, Coach McCarthy does a great job of keeping us focused and you know telling us to trust the process and and having one passion. So you know, we got to just go out there and fight every day because nothing's earned. And never in his league, so we got to go out there and fight. Well, and you have never experienced, as your life, your life as a Green Bay Packer, a month worth of losing. I've never in my life, and, like, and, no level. In general, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. Those aside of the Atlanta game, those games weren't really that close yeah. either, right? So I, I can, I can appreciate how a team may not know how to respond. It just not used to that. So what was it like? What was it like in Green Bay? Because all the right things were said. But you got to go grocery shopping, right? You got to step out of the house now and then. You're Man, in the meeting rooms. Come on, grocery shopping. You know, guys looking at me funny. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying. We were trying. <laughs> but um, it, it happens. You know, it just happens. We we knew after every loss, we were like, that's not our. That's not who we are. That's not the kind of ball we play. That's not what we are, we're coached to do. So, um, you know, we took we take pride in what we do, and it, it was hard on all of us. But at the same time. You know, it's only fuel for us to to keep going forward and motivate us to to be better. Like, um, whenever we get that feeling of getting complacent, we go back and watch the Atlanta game, not getting a stop on Matt Ryan or um, giving up that kickoff against Indianapolis, you know, or not making tackles against Tennessee. So, um, you know, we're we're a hungry group of guys, and we're going to continue to fight no matter what. You know, special teams, uh, it's been an interesting transition from from one coordinator to the next in Ron Sook. And, and by and large, things look pretty good. And this is kind of your home right now in special teams uh, where you're seeing a lot of time and very productive. But there was a little lapse uh, in, in this season where it just seemed like a uh, kick was missed here or there or you know the kickoff return against Indianapolis to start that game. Uh, I, it, those kind of things I know eat up special teams coordinators and they eat up players. But, I mean, that's a major component here. I, mean, I think we saw in that Seattle game, which we talked about how important special teams really is, and that's a way that... that, that Guys who are in your position can really make a team, uh, and that's how it's communicated. Do you find that you're now communicating that to others? Not that you're a, a veteran, but you've been around a little bit. Yeah. And, and that's, that was kind of a, I'm sure, what you were told early on in your career. Yeah, we just got to go out there and, and fight every, every play. Um, you know, some of these, we have a lot of younger guys on the, on the units, and you know, those guys are used to being done after 12 games, 13 games. So um, I, I think they're, they're adjusting to playing a longer season. And, um, and, and then we're starting to realize, like, you got to go out there and attack every play because you never know when, when one will pop. You know, we had a impressive point return against Atlanta. And then, you know, the following week, we gave up a huge kickoff to um, Indianapolis. So we just got to go out there and, and do our job and lock in. You know, um, Coach Zook does a great job of bringing energy every day, like every day. So we try to feed off him and Coach Simmons and, you know, try to go out there and do our job. You embrace your role on special teams. Uh would you like to see that snap count increase a little bit, playing on the outside and being able to set the quarterback? It's something that you've you've shown you've got the ability to do at the NFL level. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really do not care about none of that. I just want to win. Um, you know, I just want to help Julius Peppers get a Super Bowl before he retires. And whatever I have to do to help get that man a ring, I'm I'm down for it. And what's the best part of this whole thing? I mean, do you ever pinch yourself? Right? Yeah. You're running out of the tunnel at Lambeau Field, j <laughs> See, I, I really don't get caught up in all that. I just my, – my, the best thing for me is being able to to represent Green Bay, you know, um, in the community, in the locker room. Um, you know, when I go back home, everyone loves Green Bay. I don't even know why or how, but everybody loves Green Bay, even in Cleveland. Like, 
<laughs> we have like well, that's understandable. I mean, they're, they're I'm saying, dealing like, with some. They're, they're like diehard Cleveland fans, there, but at the same time, they're like, man, go Packers, blah blah blah. They, and they telling me stuff that I didn't even know. I'm like, man, like y'all are crazy. But you know, those guys, um, Green Bay is like a, a, such enriched town. So we, we, you know, I try to go out there and embrace it. You know, um, I have to like I grew up. I grew up idolizing Clay Matthews, and I had the opportunity to play with that guy. And then I grew up watching Julius Peppers as well. And everybody know Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. So, but for me personally, to be in a, to be in a room with those guys and like guys like Nick Perry and Dayton Jones, Kyler Fackrell, and Reggie Gilbert. So, we're having a blast, uh, and you know I'm trying to enjoy the moment and you know have fun with it. So, uh, being a Cleveland guy, right? Okay, so the Ohio State they're the number two. They're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, the Indians win the pennant. Yeah, the LeBron's Cavs win the title. So, so. Indians too soon. It's, it's too soon for the Indians. It, 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 we don't want to talk about the Indians. It's too soon. That one stung a little bit, huh? <laughs> too, too many three-one jokes against the Warriors. Came back to bite us. <laughs> <laughs> Were you an Indians fan growing up too? Were you a baseball guy? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I have it. You know, have it right there. You got the you got the tribe logo on your hey, tattooed on your arm. I got everything but the Browns. You know, I couldn't couldn't do the Browns. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you do that in a tattoo. Well, unless tattoo? it just said Browns. Well, yeah. I they don't really have a logo. No, they don't. I don't know what I'll get. Maybe, yeah, get a helmet and then just color it orange. <laughs> but, you, but you can't do that, right, while you're playing with the Packers? No, not at all. Uh, I can't do that right now. Okay, so I also see you got a big uh, tattoo right on the on your shoulder that says family. Yeah, I'm all about family. Um, all about family. You know, um, Christmas, the holiday spirit, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to going all out with my family, um, getting those guys gifts and, you know, having a great time. So you're gonna be you're the spoil father, right? I mean, you spoil all the kids. Yeah, yeah. I know it's gonna come back to bite me later in the down the road, but you know, I'm looking forward to it. So you guys play on Christmas Eve, which is a little bit strange because that's a Saturday. So the NFL is. I think there's a couple games on Christmas Day, hmm. but you guys are playing on Christmas Eve. I know Mike McCarthy has always been family first, and you guys get some time off. But what do you do for the holidays when it's during season like that, and you guys are gonna play on Christmas Eve? Oh. Well, you know, first things first, we gotta get to win so we can enjoy Christmas. And then, uh, me personally, I have family coming up, and we're gonna, you know, um, cook, hang out, open presents or whatnot, you know, and try to enjoy the moment. But, um, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, I have I have teammates over. We, we bonded, you know. I uh, had a great time, watched all the football we could, ate, ate a lot of food. So, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of that, that family guy. I, I I love my teammates. Um, they're all my brothers, so we try to go out there and have fun. Real tree or fake tree? Fake tree. I don't like uh, I don't like all the leaves and stuff all on the ground. You got to clean it up and all that stuff. So you just fold it back up, put it put in the box. Pre-lit <laughs> or you buying lights and stringing them every year? You got to light. You got to buy the lights and string them every year. <laughs> do you do lights on the outside of the house? Nah, I, I would pay somebody to do that, but I haven't found one. But I, I'm not doing it. No, you're not gonna do it to yourself. Yeah, I, I can't risk it. <laughs> <laughs> Jaron, appreciate talking to you, man. Hey, thank you. Enjoyed it.